Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketers Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I will be joined by our regular Thursday guest in Stevie Mullen but uh, we'll start off by going through some of your comments uh, in the aftermath 
of yesterday's double header. We spoke to Colin Watt, and then that was followed up by an explosive um, discussion with Tommy Sheridan. I'm pretty sure most of you will have seen that. Uh, certainly. Uh, done the rounds around social media and uh, in the press as well, who obviously picked up on it, due to Tommy's feelings around Neil Lennon and um, how he feels Celtic should deal with that situation. It was quite clear that Tommy is in support of Neil Lennon. Uh, this was in response to, you know, the last few weeks and what's been happening on the pitch, uh, which determines a narrative of a Celtic state of mind. Um, that is the only agenda we have. It's uh, all about what's happening on the park and performances and results. But then obviously the very influential fan group, the Green Brigade, unfurled a banner outside the stadium. And we started off the day talking to Colin Watt all about that banner. Uh, as I say, they're very influential. Um, I've had some comments coming through on the social media channel saying that uh, they only speak for a small amount of uh, Celtic supporters, but, um, you know, they do speak for uh, a hardcore, that's for sure. And uh, I think a Celtic state of mind, even as a group, we couldn't say we all have the same opinions. I've made my opinions uh, pretty clear. Uh, they have not changed. Yesterday was all about having a different opinion on, and I think... Uh, Tommy Sheridan, uh, for about an hour, explained why he feels Neil Lennon should stay in the job. I've then had a look at the press conference uh, yesterday with Neil Lennon. I found some very interesting quotes in there that will be going through. And then at around one o'clock, we will be joined by Stevie Mullen. Now, um, we will be looking at as many of the comments as possible. We'll start off with a, a really uh, serious one, uh, Howard Roark talking about the wig. It's all about the wig, of course it is. Um, now, what actually happens when you put out a podcast, when you put out anything actually in the public domain, you're basically putting yourself up for criticism and that's something that you learn to live with, I guess. Um, yesterday, there was loads of traction on the Tommy Sheridan interview. Uh, but it, as I say, that that's the views of Tommy Sheridan. And he came on and he spoke passionately about how he feels Neil Lennon should stay and why he should stay. And what I'm asking today is, you know, it would appear after listening to Scott Brown and Neil Lennon, that the board, the management and the players are all together. That was Scott's words. And what about the fans? There is a, a split um, in terms of that. But what I find quite concerning is that, you know, it's almost as if if you don't uh, come out and say Neil Lennon is definitely the man for the job. He can turn this around. It's as if you don't back your club. Well, of course you do. It's just that you have a different view on it. I mean, I'll, I'll never stop backing Celtic Football Club. Um, but we're going to have different views. And it's not as though we just come out and say sack the gaffer. Um, this has been an ongoing issue for several weeks and for the best part of this season. So... You know, although I take everybody's comments into consideration when I'm listening to the, the manager or when I'm listening to the captain or even ex-managers in Martin O'Neill, I don't think it's wise to uh, more or less just say that any views that are given on social media or on podcasts should be widely ignored and that this is hysteria. Uh, we have as many views on this broadcast and we'll have as many views over the next hour um, in terms of a cross-section as you could imagine. Some will agree, disagree. It doesn't mean to say that... Um, we fall out over it. But uh, what I will say is that we get a lot of kind of uh, comments coming in that are quite clearly not from Celtic supporters. So we are trying to combat that as well. It's not easy when you're trying to monitor that due to 
COVID uh, travelling restrictions, etc. Uh, we don't have someone in the office looking at that full-time. It has turned into a full-time job. We are monitoring it though, so uh, rest assured we're not ignoring uh, a lot of these things that are happening out there. And yeah, I'm aware that uh, myself and the show has been the subject of memes online, but you know, if it's all in good fun, I don't care. That's fine. You don't care about these things, but I, I do worry about the people making them. They must have some amount of time on their hands to be able to watch the podcast of a, an opposing team and then edit a video based on that, which is um, rather concerning and a, a wee bit tragic, I've got to say. Um, now, hands up, don't shoot. Change the avatar, buddy. Uh, come on, fire this podcast up so I can get my online training done alongside it. Well, hopefully we assist you in your online training. Joe Porter, welcome back, Joe. I know that you didn't enjoy uh, the second podcast yesterday, uh, but I always appreciate you getting involved. Uh, yesterday wasn't about a debate, Joe. It was about giving someone a platform to give us uh, another view on the Neil Lennon situation. I've given you mine. I'll continue to give it. Uh, when will that change? Well, if things change on the pitch, you know, we've been told that the culture's going to change. I'll be having a wee chat about that in a second or two. Um, that's when my view will change, when things change on the pitch, when the performances change. Uh, but I mean, I could have gone toe to toe with Tommy. Um, a pally Tommy, it's not as though we would fall out. We could have go, gone toe to toe. We disagree on the subject. He knew that beforehand. He, know, he knows it now. Um, but it's not going to change our friendship. Um, we could have gone toe to toe and had a debate on it, Joe. But, um, you know, we've got, my take and we've got we've got Tommy's take and hopefully we'll get as many of your opinions on it as well. Now Joe, you say talking about Rangers having better recruitment is missing the point. Rangers have a better coaching setup. So develop these players better. Celtic need a new coaching team, not better recruitment. I find that quite interesting because you know, again, we did a podcast, we've done a couple of podcasts on the recruitment uh, over the summer and I had the audacity to say, or ask, I didn't say, I asked, is this the best transfer window? Uh, did I say of all time? Probably. Uh, Criticised for that. But at the time I was excited, I was excited with the, the players we've brought in. That, that's been supplemented since then by Luxol, who I think is the pick of the bunch, he's the best of the six. So... Yeah, I mean, the recruitment seems to be something that's under scrutiny at the moment. I think I've had an issue with recruitment in the past. I didn't, uh, as it happens, have any issue with any of the six players that came in. But uh, it would look at the moment as though at least two of them haven't really uh, stood up to the plate. And I would say that's Barkas and, and Duffy. We've not seen enough of Turnbull. Uh, I think El is probably having a better start to the season than he ended the previous one. Uh, we know what El Yunus is capable of. We don't see it enough. Um, and, you know, when we look at the other players that were brought in alongside that Ayeti, you know, he started off really well. I'm certainly not writing him off. Uh, I think he needs more games and I think he needs to play as part of a partnership rather than a sole striker. Um, and then Turnbull, you know, obviously he's missing due to the COVID issues. But um, I think it would be good to see a wee bit more of um, Turnbull as well. So, we will be waiting on our special guest, our, sp our pundit who comes in on a Thursday. Um, and in the meantime, we will go through some of your points that you're making. And uh, moving on to Martin Bickett, looking forward to hearing from Stevie Mullen, a.k.a. The Oracle. He is a great talker, uh, always on point. So with regards to Stevie, obviously Stevie is the president of St. Rock's, St. Rock's being a club that uh, was part of the, the junior setup. It's now part of the, the football pyramid in Scotland. And 
they do some amazing work at uh, St. Rocks. St. Rocks are going to uh, be involved in our quadruple treble charity weekend, which is happening on the 19th and 20th of December. We decided that, uh, a Celtic state of mind, we've got a very small team here, but we decided that we had to do something that weekend. It's one of the biggest weekends in the history of the club. We're going up to a very difficult period for a lot of people under normal circumstances, but after the year we've just had, uh, we thought, you know, there's so many vulnerable people in society and in our communities that we want to try and support. So let's pull as many of the podcasts together as possible. Let's get some special guests, ex-players, um, high-profile supporters. Let's get you guys, let's get as many folk as we can involved in a 24-hour uh, broadcast split into two days. So we'll be going live from 8 to 8 on the 19th and the 20th. And that will obviously cover the game itself when we play Hearts. Uh, I spoke to Gary Locke yesterday, of all people. And um, so... When we were talking to Gary, good guy, very good guy actually, Gary, obviously still involved in Hearts and I was asking him about his thoughts on the game, they were very interesting, but uh, the interview itself was conducted by Colin Watt, who is a member of the Axon team and that interview will be up on the YouTube channel very, very soon, not Celtic related, but we do have other shows and that is going to be part of a youth football show uh, where Gary talks passionately about youth football in Scotland. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to get his take on how they are looking ahead to the Celtic game. Um, and, you know, it all depends on whether or not we're going to be entering that game with the same management. Um, I do remember the the famous quote from our previous manager, Brennan Rogers, talking about the holy trinity of the fans, uh, the management, and he meant, obviously, the board was part of that, and the players. And if you get that holy trinity right, then Celtic are unstoppable. And we proved that, and we continued to prove that into four seasons of domestic, uh, absolute domestic dominance, perhaps, with a quadruple treble. So to celebrate that, we're going to be going live, as I say, we've uh, been announcing on the Twitter page, um, some of the podcasts who are getting involved basically we're giving them an hour on the show they'll be um, hopefully some of them will be able to be here uh, but we're we are restricted by uh, COVID travel restrictions so we need to play that by ear but um, we do have a good setup here so we'll be getting people dialing in um, we've got people from Australia dialing in the Down Under podcast uh, they'll be dialing in from Australia and uh Hour by hour, we'll also have um, interviews, as I said, some live music, some entertainment, and we'll keep the whole thing going and we'll be raising funds as we go. We're trying to get a sponsor for every individual show. And if you're interested in... It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sponsoring or getting involved in any other ways, please email Kelly at stateofmind.media. That is um, Kelly who's dealing with all the all the sponsorship for a Celtic State of Mind to, to make sure that we keep it free for the viewers because everything we do is free. Uh, but the way that we do that is through getting sponsorship. So we will be looking uh, quite closely at the words of Neil Lennon's press conference. So uh, let's start off by having a look at some of the things he said that I found pretty interesting. Now, on the performance... Against Hibs, he said the performance was okay and it was moments of madness that cost us the points. We played very well and we have to stop giving away unnecessary penalties. It was quite good overall. Now, do you agree with that? It was quite good overall. I don't think so. I think it was a poor performance overall. I think we got out of jail. I think until 71 minutes on the clock, uh, Hibs looked as though they were more likely to score a third than Celtic getting back into it. And the only change that uh, made any kind of change to the, the out- outlook of that game was when we went two up top. We actually changed it. You know, we substituted Brown for Duffy. We changed the, the approach to the game and the actual shape uh, because at that point, like for like changes weren't going to make any difference uh, to the outcome of that game. So I think that was uh, something that's happened a few times this season and we've seen it against Rangers when they beat us 2 nothing. Um And also there was a few other comments that I'd like to highlight. We haven't made that bad a start to the season in terms of the league. You know, um, and he spoke about the draws, Neil Lennon spoke about the draws. Had they have been wins, then we'd have been sitting in a very good position. I mean, really clutching at straws if you ask me. Um, had the Hibs game gone any longer, we'd have probably won it. I mean, you're looking at things that didn't happen. You know, had I got better grades at school, I probably would have got a better paid job. I probably would have been more employable. I mean, it didn't happen. So all these ifs, buts and maybes are continuing to plague the performances this season. I've been asking people who have been in the, the studio up until the travel restrictions in relation to give me the best three performances we've seen all season. What's your best 90 minutes you've seen? Have we had the 90 minutes where you've come away thinking that that was excellent? I'm really, really happy with that. No complaints. I don't think we've had that. And that's worrying because we're at that stage of the season now where we'll be in December before you know it. We've got a cup final coming up. We've got another game against Rangers coming up. And we have a real challenge. You, they're reaching the the um, heights if you're looking at uh, average points per game. Rangers are hitting the heights of the Invincible team. The Celtic Invincible team that is so lauded by all Celtic fans and quite rightly so. That's the heights that Rangers are hitting at the moment. And Celtic are hitting the the depths uh, of the Rangers side that season. So I I find it difficult to comprehend when what we're getting is this message that I don't think kind of bears any resemblance to what fans are seeing. Now, you can't turn around and and just basically call us hysterical because that's another thing that that Neil went on to say. Um, He thinks it's hysteria and we're simply hitting a sticky patch. The concern that we've got um, about the team, Neil Lennon, is the sticky patch has been all season. We've not seen 90 minutes of convincing 
performance from that Celtic side. Now, yeah, I've taken into account all the mitigating circumstances, the injuries. And there's an injury update, obviously, um, to Griffiths, Julian and Alhamid for the game tonight. But that's a mitigating circumstance that you would expect to be dealing with throughout the course of a season. COVID was thrown in. We knew it was there. The mitigating circumstance of Bolingoli and others um, who have suffered in different ways from Bolingoli, it's mitigating. I mean, it's not the sole reason to the performances that we've seen this season. Um, another view on it might be that we've, we've actually brought in six players. You think that would improve the team? It doesn't seem to have improved the team. Is it too much change? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think you can have too strong a squad, can you? I asked the question yesterday about, um, I asked Tommy, if the board back Neil Lennon, and, and it's clear that they have done, um, that that's the message that we're getting through, although I don't think there's been an official line from Peter Lowell, uh, Peter Lowell or anyone else. Um, we've certainly not seen a statement. Do we even need to see one? There's been a vote of confidence. We're aware of that. Um, if that's the case and they're confident that Neil Lennon is going to lead us through the season and lead us to success this season, would it also be the case that they're going to look at the fact that we brought in six new players into an already strong squad and many of them have not worked out? Now, unless there's a massive turnaround between now and the end of December, do we still require a centre-half? Do we still require a goalkeeper? because Shane Duffy and, and Barkas haven't yet reached the heights we were expecting. And in fact, they're not playing at the moment. They're on the bench. Um, does that mean that we're going to go out and get a new centre-half, a new goalkeeper? Do we still require strengthening in the, the wing areas, right and left? Because if so, if you back the manager, that means you need to back him in January, particularly if we're still 9, 10, 11 points behind the league leaders. Um, because you're just hoping uh, otherwise that what you've already got is going to get better um, in terms of the manager, in terms of the players that you've got on the on the pitch, in terms of the culture, and I'll come back to that because that was brought up in the uh, press conference yesterday and I'm not ignoring everybody that's um, tuning in and making points uh, and in actual fact I will be relying on your points very, very soon uh, before the um, the pundit joins us, uh, Stevie Mullen, once he gets dialed in and everything sorted in that respect. Um, hail, hail the seltzer here. Yeah, Red Scotland, thanks again for joining the broadcast. It's always an absolute pleasure. You come in on a daily basis virtually, if not every single day. Uh, now, Chris, Joe Porter, bang on the money. Under Rogers, the majority of players improved, as did the value, Tierney, Dembele, McGregor, Ayer Forrest, etc., etc. In the last 18 months, you would argue that no, uh, there might be a second part of this, no player has improved. If anything, regressed massively and therefore their sell-on value is less. This is down to the coaching and the training. Um, I think a big part of that, certainly Chris, is down to the coaching and the training. When you look at someone like uh, Odson Edward, let's take the mitigating circumstances into account first and foremost, some injuries, some, some illness. Um, but when you're going out at, during the week and playing for France under-21s and you're performing well and scoring goals and breaking records, and then you're coming in and playing for Celtic and you're looking like a shadow, then, yeah, the player definitely needs to take some of that on his own on his own chin. It can't all be down to Neil Lennon and the coaching staff of whom I've been extremely critical of this season. Um, but I reckon that uh, we certainly do need to also look at some of the players. I mean, El Yanusi 
at the weekend was a different El Yunusi that we saw against Motherwell and Hattrick Hero against Motherwell and then a passenger against Hibs so there is also that argument and yeah the players who I still believe as a squad are good enough they've not surely regressed so much uh, since we, we played our last game of last season in March um, that you know they're playing as if they don't know um, each other's strengths and um, you know that that is a concern and you look at the, the top um, form of Tom Rogic, Ryan Christie, Eduard, uh, Brown, Duffy, I don't think we've seen it yet, um, and they all gel together, El Yunusi, and they all play well together, then it's, it seems on paper like a frightening prospect. We've not seen it yet. Can anyone tell me the most impressive 90 minutes that we've seen from Celtic this season? I'm struggling to find 90 minutes that anyone would be satisfied by. Apologies, I need to keep... Uh, uh, quenching my thirst while I'm doing all the chat until Stevie joins us and hopefully he does join us. He's maybe sitting at home laughing at me at the minute. Now, James, uh, Joe Porter, absolutely correct. We have a dysfunctional coaching setup. Name any other elite club where the manager couldn't pick his coaching team. I've heard quite a lot about that uh, being mentioned about the coaching team. You know, we've got uh, a train of thought whereby people thought. Lenny should have brought in his old coaching team and then others who are obviously in the know or supposedly in the know tell us that Mialbi and Thompson and, and Parker would never be back at Celtic Park in that capacity. You know, that's not something I'm um, all too uh, clued up on, to be honest with you. I've seen some tweets from Alan Thompson that would suggest that him and Peter Lowell don't have a great relationship. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, yes, you would expect a coaching staff to be put together, but I think it depends uh, on the status of the manager you're bringing in and uh, when we were bringing Neil Lennon in, he accepted this. Neil Lennon accepted this. He was unemployed. Uh, the last manager we brought in before him, again, was unemployed. And, um, you know, it could well be that the next manager we bring in is unemployed as well. So I think Celtic in that situation uh, controlled that that um, to their advantage and to the way they wanted it. And uh, obviously John Kennedy and it would appear Gavin Strachan have not been appointed by Neil Lennon. You would expect, obviously, uh, Neil Lennon to have a say in the coach when uh, Damien Duff left for Ireland and for personal reasons and uh, Gavin Strachan came in. But if that's not the case, then that is pretty dysfunctional. It's all right if it works. I mean, nobody questions it if it works, but it's not working at the moment on the pitch. And so we've got to look at the coach, the coaching uh, dynamic and it's not been very dynamic you know if you're looking at the demeanour of uh, the, the four coaches actually on the bench during the games um, now Jai McD18 um, is talking about fans of other clubs getting involved in the, the broadcast I would reiterate I'm well aware of it I mean I'm getting a lot of flack on social media which you know I just think um, oh I clicked on that accidentally by the way that was a genuine accident um, I think that you know social media stuff we always go on about uh, mental health and by the way it's not affecting me um, in any way shape or form but I know that it does affect a lot of people uh, and I just think people need to be careful man I mean over the last few weeks the flack that you take just for having a, a daily podcast um, and I'm not saying this is Celtic fans by the way but it's unbelievable you could spend all day if you get entrenched in, in conversations and, and responding to everybody and as I say it's not affecting me I want to bring it up because I think it does affect a lot of people um, and I see people disappearing off uh, Twitter and then, you know, we see a lot of people who struggle and they use Twitter as a platform to tell people about their struggles. So be careful, you know, it, it could really affect people out there if they're getting flack day in, day out and all they're seeing is this drip, drip effect of negativity. Um, I think we're better than that. 
you know, the human race needs to be better than that. It doesn't matter what football team you support. Uh, we can't use social media as a stick to hit someone with because it does affect me. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Mental health, and in actual fact, one of the charities that we're going to be supporting in the Charity Weekender is a mental health charity, and it's uh, the one that's in Rock's run called Rock Talk which is fantastic. It's a great initiative. And uh, obviously they do meet up on a Sunday uh, and they help people who are struggling with their mental health. It's called Rock Talk. Sometimes it's, you know, it's great to talk um, and get it out in the open. And I know that a lot of people, I've, I've been contacted by people who have told me that this has changed their lives. You know, so all credit to Stevie Mullen and the guys at St. Rock's. So they're one of four charities that we're going to um, be given all the funds too that we raise on the weekend and we'll give you more information as the days and weeks uh, progress and we'll also be giving you links because what we're trying to do is have one link whereby you give to one link and then at the end of the fundraiser they split it in four and everybody gets the same amount. So we're going to be looking at mental health, uh, homelessness, vulnerable kids and vulnerable adults and I just think at this time of year you know we don't want any kids to wake up on Christmas morning without any toys under the tree and we don't want any adult to wake up alone without a meal and we don't want the homeless to, to wake up on Christmas morning and have nowhere to go. We want don't be part of something on that day uh, and the mental health you know that's every single day of the year so we want to push that as much as we possibly can now going back and again by the way this is another thing people might say you're banging on about mental health I'm trying to raise awareness of it yet you're having a go at Neil Lennon now that is something I'm well aware of and I don't want you know to be coming on a podcast that's got a big following now uh, thanks to you guys um, and saying this one should be sacked and that one should be sacked. My priority here is the success of Celtic Football Club and there's been great managers in the past, absolute icons of the club who will always be icons of the club, who it got to the point where they were no longer the manager, they were sacked. You know, that was as simple as that, they were sacked. So people like Tommy Burns were sacked as manager of Celtic. No one is beyond that. If the performances and the results aren't right on the park, 
Um, so it is something that needs to be discussed if you are running a Celtic podcast. Um, now, back on to some of the comments made by Neil Lennon yesterday. A lot of hysteria and a little bit of panic. Um, I'll take half of that. If He's not referring to me, obviously. He's referring to the wider fan base, and I know a lot of that is online. And there is a bit of panic. Of course there is. We are looking at a historical season, you know, getting further and further away from us because you want to have control of what is happening um, in terms of when the trophies are being handed out. And the priority is the league. And that's the one that seems to be getting further and further away from us. So we take everything into account that, you know, we should have done better at penalties and we should have turned the draws into wins. Um, and, you know, had the game gone on any longer, we probably would have scored more goals. That doesn't cut the mustard, that. You know, that isn't good enough. So when we're looking at a bit of panic, I do feel a bit... Um, panicked when I hear comments like that and, and others about culture within the club um, but it's not hysteria there's no hysteria um, certainly from a Celtic state of mind we're not hysterical, we're looking at everything in a balanced way, the banner by the Green Brigade and I can't talk for them because I'm not involved in the Green Brigade You know, it's quite clear that they've thought that out there's been a whole thought process that may have gone to committee um, before they've made that decision. It's not been a knee-jerk reaction for the Green Brigade, who have been very supportive of Neil Lennon throughout his tenure at the club. Um, three tenures, say, sorry, certainly two with the management. Um, through two tenures as a manager, you know, they've been supportive of him um, through everything that's happened. So for them to make that decision and to make a protest in no way you can uh, under current circumstances... Um, would have taken a lot of discussion on their part. So, you know, that isn't hysteria. Uh, things uh, like on the Celtic State of Mind are thought through, they're prepared. Uh, we get people on to talk and offer different views and opinions. The views and opinions of Lawrence Conley, for example, or Jim Orr, um, who are part of the Axom team who come in um, and give their views onto the broadcast, are different from Ming. They're completely different from Ming on this situation, but they're no more or less relevant than mine. Um, and obviously we got Tommy on yesterday to talk about his views on the matter, which are completely different from mine, but I'm not going to fall out. I don't think it's hysteria. Um, talking about the fact that Rangers are on a good run of form, Neil Lennon said that we can't affect that. And again, yes, you can. You absolutely can affect it because if you are building momentum at a football club and your closest challengers who have dominated the game for a decade um, are putting in poor performances and dropping a lot of points then you are affecting that momentum because you're feeding into their confidence, surely. The motivation, you're looking over your shoulder um, and what looks to be the juggernaut of Celtic um, is almost um, at a stage whereby they're looking at us, they think we're crumbling. We get a lot of comments on this podcast from their fans, they think we're crumbling. So that affects it. And when you play a game against them at home, that affects it. So you can, you have been able to affect it. I don't, I don't buy that for a moment. Um, and then he says that, you know, maybe later on in the season we can affect it. Lennon, um, Neil, Neil Lennon. Well, you know, I'm not being disrespectful when I use your second name. That's something that happens in football, you use second names. I don't know you well enough to call you Neil. Um, I think when you're looking at the situation to, to date, you, there's a responsibility to say, well, we could have affected it and we haven't. It's not a case that you, you've not able to affect it. Um, talking about the Green Brigade banner, Neil Lennon says that um, it's disappointing. Uh, well, of course it is. It is disappointing it's got to the stage where fans have to make protests like that. Um, and then you went on to speak about the start to the season two seasons ago. We're talking about the here and now. A big 
part of the argument or the debate is people keep harking back to last season or the season before last. Um, we've got to deal with what we're dealing with in the here and now. We can't keep going back to last season. There's, there's no guarantee that we're going to get a repeat of last season. You know, Rangers are showing absolutely no signs uh, breaking down. And we can't rely on them getting a run of injuries, a run of bad form, um, some bad luck with COVID casualties. We can't rely on it. It's not happened so far. Um, so if they continue as is and we continue as is, Rangers will win the league. Um, that is the, the panic, I guess, but it's certainly not hysteria. Um, he described what we're going through as a sticky patch and that the comments and the protests were way too premature. Um, going on to the Hibs game, the last 20 minutes was probably the best we have played this season. Right, if that's the case then, you would expect changes to be made tonight. So let me know what do you think about the uh, lineup tonight because obviously the lineup for the last 20 minutes was different from the one that we started with. So you're looking at the personnel changes. Lee Griffiths came on, he's out now. He's out with uh, a knee injury, so he's out of the frame. Julian and Alhamid are back. Neil Lennon actually said that they may start. So I would uh, certainly be starting with um, Julian in the, the heart of defence. I uh, would have him starting with Chris Ayer. They would, from what I've seen this season, and we've all watched every minute of it, they are the two centre-halves, and that's a partnership you've got to build on. Uh, Shane Duffy, you know, he came on uh, for 19 minutes against Hibs, but he didn't do enough to suggest that he's a starter yet, especially when Julien is available. You start with four at the back. Um, Luxalt's an absolute instant starter for me at the moment. I would, on a game like uh, tonight, I would go with Ilhamid at right back and I would rest Frimpong for the time being. I think he could make a good impact if we are in a situation where we need to have more uh, offensive running from the likes of Frimpong who likes to run a defender. So I think it's time that Frimpong took a, a seat on the bench. I would return with Barkas and goals um, and I think it's time for our record goalkeeper signing to, to start playing games again he needs to come in we need to get and I keep saying this we need to get the two centre-halves and the goalkeeper building an understanding um, because once we sort that out that's one of the biggest issues that we've got presently in, this, in the team and it's been one of the biggest issues all season now I'm, I look forward to looking through some of your comments because you might say well you know it wasn't good enough to beat Kilmarnock at Rugby Park earlier in the season no you're right but I mean, we have spent a lot of money. There's been a big investment in Barkas. I think Ayers our best centre-half, um, you know, going by this season. Uh, Julien's back in. He potentially could be uh, taking that mantle of best centre-half from Ayer this season. Uh, he's a £7 million man. He's won us cups. He's won us uh, big games. You know, I think Julien, Ayer and Barkas are the first picks. Left-back lacks salt. Right back, you've got Frimpong. Now, Scott Brown came off uh, and we then had the best 20 minutes of the season. That was Neil Lennon's words. So the question would be, do you start with Brown tonight? He's the captain. Um, or do you try something different? Uh, I know that Neil Lennon is a big a big fan of near Beaton. I've suggested in the past that the whole midfield role might be better suited to near Beaton than certainly Callum McGregor. Um, so is there going to be a change in there or does he go with the tried and tested Brown and McGregor which for me hasn't been all that effective this season um, well 
I think Neil Lennon will go with Brown and McGregor. I don't think there's going to be a change there. Um, I think in front of those two, you have the bank of three generally, which has uh, been El Yunusi, Rogic and Christie. Now, if we're going to start picking teams based on the performance in the last game, I've got a question mark over El Yunusi, I've got a question mark over Rogic, but uh, Ryan Christie certainly starts. Up front is Eduard. Absolutely, every day of the week, Eduard. Um, why not try two up front? Why not? Um, you know, a good point was made yesterday that if we play Roger and El Yunusi, you're getting probably the same from the two players. If both of them, because they are both inconsistent, are having an off night, you then are looking at passengers. Why not try uh, Eduard and Ayeti up front with behind them Christie and El Yunusi? So that would be my team. Uh, a bit of a change, but you know what? We need to make a change because we need to change the performances. We need to save our credibility in many ways. Tonight, it's payback because they came out and humbled us at Celtic Park, uh, infamously with uh, an understrength, quite an understrength team at that. So that's my team for tonight. What is your lineup for this evening? We will be covering the game tonight uh, also. Now, going back to this culture, you might think I'm banging on about the culture a lot. The comment was made by Neil Lennon after um, our last defeat against Sparta Prague. Uh, there had to be a change in culture. Well, he reckons, Neil Lennon reckons, that there has been an improvement in performance and atmosphere. Now, really, do you think... There's been a performance improvement. We can't say anything about the atmosphere because we don't see it. We don't see it on a day-to-day basis at the club. We certainly don't know what's happening behind the scenes here at uh, a Celtic State of Mind. And if I get text the team, I certainly won't read it out. So we don't know what's happening with the atmosphere. They're telling us what the message is, that it's better, it's improved. They've also said there's been an improvement in performance. I mean, Motherwell previously described as a good performance by Neil Lennon. Uh, for me, you know, I, I, th- I think the scoreline overshadowed what was a very mediocre performance. And then against Hibs, I'd agree with you, the last 20 minutes was good. Um, so I don't know how good the performances have been since our last European game. But um, even then, the performance isn't the culture, is it? The culture of a football team is about behaviours, it's about attitudes, it's about atmosphere. Uh, the culture is beyond what's happening on, on the park. It's more or less a behind-the-scenes thing. So has that improved? Neil Lennon tells us it has. Um, and then talking about the boards, because that banner, um, a lot of people have said, a lot of people have said that that banner uh, should have been directed at the board and not at Neil Lennon. So, you know, that's interesting as well because uh, Neil Lennon had a few words to say about the board who have obviously backed him and supported him. And he says that there is a calmness about Peter in the board and there is no panic. Now, there's going to be a short break and then what's going to happen is we're going to be joined by Stevie Mullen. Now, Stevie Mullen joins us on a Thursday. He's from St. Rocks and he's a great, for me, he's a great foil because Stevie Mullen offers me a different view on a lot of things um, and he's very balanced and it's always a pleasure to welcome Stevie to the show. So what will happen is um, I'm just about to accept the dial-in from Stevie and then he will be um, in the studio giving us a bit of expertise. He's already been called Robert De Niro today. Stevie, you've been missed, how are you? I'm okay Paul, I thought I was going in for my hip operation Monday but it's been cancelled. 
Blood your, hip, pre- your hip operation. Yeah, I used to get a new hip Monday. Blood pressure's too high, but I don't know if it's work or Celtic. It's or is the fact that you're coming in here? <laughs> no, no, I think it's me. <laughs> the Celtic it's getting me got through the roof. Well, that's the thing. Now, listen, let's make sure that there's no sound issues because we've just invited you into the room. Someone said smooth. They're either talking about you or the smooth transition. I had to play the advert transition, twice. Paul, a transition. We need to get a longer <laughs> advert. Um, Robert De Niro's calling Paul Cockwell, you're a bad man. <laughs> Listen, there's worse things to be called. I've been called a few worse things over the last couple of days. Stevie, first up, we had Tommy Sheridan on the show yesterday. You know Tommy well. Yes. He gave us what he felt was an argument for Neil Lennon. What was your thoughts? I, I watched it while it was live. I watched it last night and I watched it again this morning. So I've got a conflict of interest here because I really, really admire Tommy and a lot of the things that he stood for and continues to stand for. His debating skills, he's went against Michael Portillo, he's went against George Gallery, you know, so he's a real good orator. I think he's got a lot of things wrong yesterday. I think he got a lot of things wrong, you know. They keep the faith, renew the faith, you know, faithful through and through. They're all great things but they don't actually solve any of the issues in front of us, you know. So I didn't hear Tommy saying anything, you know, that would make me feel more comfortable that things could change. It was all just... It could take the emotion of Tommy's friendship with Neil, and I think it's Neil's agent out there, the equation. I didn't actually think he'd come up with anything, you know. And when he was speaking about the, the boys with the Green Brigade... I don't agree with banners not, but I certainly would fight the right to put a banner up. You can't pick and choose what part of democracy you like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's their democratic right to do that. Personal level, I don't like banners, I don't like statements, but they do have the right to voice that opinion or show that displeasure. See, for me, when I was looking at the banner, and I've said already on the show, um, that that isn't a knee jerk by the, the Green Brigade. I don't you know, I have no involvement with the Green Brigade. I respect a lot of the things that they have done, a lot of the protests that they have made in various different ways. Um, and I respect them for what they do for people who are underprivileged at this moment in time, Stevie, with regards to the food bank collections. Absolutely brilliant work that they do for charity. The Palestinian protest was astonishing. It went worldwide. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and criticise the Green Brigade. And I know that they don't, do things as knee-jerk reactions, there would have been discussions, you know, and a long range of discussions before any decision was made in relation um, to any banner that, that was uh, unfurled at Celtic Park yesterday. Um, so, for me, I think uh, back to the, the bad old days and the time where the board tried to stop banners from coming in, Banners of protest. Um, and what happened was the Celtic fans, as creative as they always seem to be, Stevie, they wore the jerseys, remember? Sack the board, back the team, sack the board, and they all had different jerseys. So they were able to take off the hooders and the tracky tops, and they all stood in a line. Um, and I love the creativity of Celtic fans. Uh, they've always been a creative bunch. So for me, uh, they've thought long and hard about it, the Green Brigade, and they've, they've sent this message. I think the message itself was maybe... Um, aimed at one individual rather than a group of people. The group of people being those making the decisions above Neil Lennon and perhaps the whole coaching staff, uh, not just Neil Lennon. So 
for me, I felt that if they're going to make their voice known, that's their opinion. It's di- divided. I wouldn't say it's split it down the middle, but it's certainly divided opinion. Um, and the way we try to do it is we try to offer a balance and a view that you might convince me otherwise. I may come on here with a view, Stevie, but you might convince me otherwise. Um, but going back to what you said there about the view about Neil Lennon staying, I've no, I haven't been convinced. I've not been convinced. My view hasn't changed on it. Um, now, before we get deeper and deeper into that, Paul Cockwell, RIP Maradona. Now, we were actually just talking about Maradona yesterday with Colin Watt before one of his shows that he put out yesterday, the Football Insomniac. Um, and because the discussion was on Maradona, we decided to pull the show. He'd done an interview with Ali Begg, who used to work for Celtic TV um, and also used to work for Man United TV. And um, he knows the game. He's an Aberdeen fan, but he knows the game. And uh, he was speaking about Maradona. We decided between us to, to remove the, the video because we we got the sad news afterwards that Diego had passed away, Stevie, um, before we talk any more about Celtic. What's your memories of Maradona? And the big question, is he the greatest of all time? In my opinion, he is. See, I, I grew up with my dad talking about Puskas and Di Stefano. And then Pele came on the scene just a wee bit after that, you know, and we all thought at that age, you know, nobody could ever surpass what he'd done. But in my opinion, Maradona surpassed him. Uh, the, the career he had... I don't mean to be disrespectful to other members of the Argentinian squad, but he won the World Cup for them. He went to Napoli, an unfashionable team when Italian football was the greatest in the world, and won two titles. Probably made a few wrong choices when he went to Napoli with the people that he got involved with, and I think from there, his life unfortunately sort of spiralled out of control. And I absolutely hated the last few years, you know, when he was sort of getting taken about as a show pony, yeah. you know, to get some money. And he didn't deserve that because of his talent. But again, Probably wayward genius would probably be the best way to describe Diego Maradona. But certainly oh, yeah. one of the finest players that everybody could agree on who actually was fortunate enough to see him. Oh, definitely. You know, there's that period where you fall in love with football, Steve. It's, it's omnipresent because of your parents and your uncles and your cousins and all that. But then you get to that age where you actually start paying attention to it. And then you remember your first World Cup finals tournament and all this kind of stuff. So um, I always remember vividly Euro 88, World Cup 1990 and obviously the World Cup before that 86 was his final moment and I've had to go back uh, retrospectively to look at that throughout my life and what I keep saying to people is if you don't think Maradona won that World Cup for Argentina, name me six of the team. Now there's aficionados out there who'll be able to do it right but generally they can't. I mean I remember Pumpido because he was a goalie and there was a story about his wedding ring getting caught in a net and it almost pulled his finger off. Burachaga is the other one I remember from 86. There'll be people on here, Stevie, I know for a fact there will be, but generally, you know, I think of the, the Dutch team in 88, I can name loads of them. Um, and the great uh, world sides, you can name a lot of them, even before your time, you, you get to you get to know them. Maradona, all, I'm not saying single-handedly, he was the reason he, that Argentina won that uh, World Cup in 1986. There's a great book out there for avid readers, and Stevie's already told me about a book he gave me, a recommendation just a couple of weeks ago about the Kennedy curse, Stevie, so I took you up on that, ordered it. <laughs> Loving the whole Irish background, it's brilliant. Potato famine, that's the opening line, brilliant. Um, going back to, uh, you know, his great-granddad who came over from County Wexford. So El Diego, if you want to read a book on Maradona, El Diego is an autobiography, talks, you know, candidly about getting drawn into this habit of taking cocaine when he was in Spain, in actual fact. 
Um, and there's two documentaries, of course, the most recent one. Uh, but there's another one, which is a wee bit more left field. Co- uh, it was done by a director called Costa Curta. And that's brilliant. It's a great insight into um, the, na- the makeup. Uh, no, it's the same name. I think this guy's Croatian, Stephen. And he made this brilliant documentary. And a big part of the documentary is he's been given um, an interview with Maradona, but Maradona never turns up. So the whole documentary is about chasing Maradona. And he eventually gets it. I don't want to spoil the, the, the show, but um, dig out these documentaries and really just, you know, look back on an absolute great, an icon as well. I mean, I mean sometimes we'll have a rough diamond, Stevie, don't yep. we? Even at Celtic, a lot of our... Well, the guy who was bought to replace him at Napoli ended up at Celtic. Paolo Di Canio Paolo another rough diamond mm. a great picture appeared on Enrico Anoni's Twitter feed last night where um, Anoni's actually marking Maradona you know and Anoni's got this flowing hair and all that it's a great, you think great back picture. to the great photographs and videos of him as a young man you know at the World Cup in 82 and then in 86 you know the peak of his career and then the, the, the man that was paraded as they around about a lot of show pony which was really really disappointing and something he didn't deserve no, I know, I know it is. I think if you remember the, the, the great times from, and that was obviously in a football park, then even people who maybe have a slightly different opinion from mine about the greatest of all time, would have to have them in their top three anyway. Oh, definitely. And again, these things change with the generations, don't they? Because um, there's a whole generation who have been spoilt by watching Ronaldo and Messi uh, winning Ballon d'Ors and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, they maybe don't appreciate the, the greatness of Maradona and that great bit of footage when he's warming up to the song behind him and that. He's just, the guy was a genius, wasn't he? He was a magician. I think so, Paul. I really do. I think he was great. Now, a couple of wee points before we get on to the, the big debate. And then we'll obviously talk about the game as well. Uh, there might well be discussions taking place uh, with the the football authorities. Celtic are obviously pushing for it and the Scottish government about a return of fans in some way, shape or form, Stevie, to, to football stadiums. I think, uh, you know, that it's been commented on that Celtic are missing the fans. Of course they are. Um, it could be a mitigating circumstance, certainly not the only way, uh, the only reason why we're not performing well, but it's a big... I mean, we, we look at our fan base and we, we look upon uh, a visit to Celtic Park under the lights as a big occasion, um, and that's obviously affecting it. How do you see that going, Stevie? I mean, how long can we go without fans in the stadiums? I think it's actually getting harder. At the start, when football came back, when it had been cancelled, I was quite happy to, to, to watch it. Still watching it, but what I actually find myself doing is turning the sound off completely, not even listening to the commentators, mm-hmm. because it's not the same without the crowd in the background. Yep. I think bringing them back, I, I don't think there would be any point in something like Celtic Park, you know, and hosting 500 fans. I, th- I think that would be a complete waste of time. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be enough, you know. I think people would be anxious to go back, but I don't know if they would enjoy the event, the occasion, if you're not allowed to sing. You're not allowed to stand up. You know, you're going to be getting checked all the time. I, I think it would be a hard watch. But I think people would go just for the opportunity to get back out and, and watch their team. Absolutely. And again, you know, we're in strange, strange times on a day-to-day basis, Stevie. But we're in unusual times because Celtic are at the top of the league and we're not playing well. And... You know, I remember a conversation we had a few weeks ago with Jim Orr where he, he believes that we can, you know, influence what's happening on the park. I think Celtic fans, 60,000 strong, can. So the sooner we get fans back into the, the stadiums, the better. 
uh, and obviously it will be done in such a way that it's done with safety first and everything else of course um, we, we have a worldwide reputation for backing the team mm-hmm. you know and rightly so Celtic fans have given me some of the great nights of my life what if we get back in and it doesn't make any difference what, what happens I know who, who, who do we look to blame then this is the thing when we're looking at mitigating circumstances, there's a few things yesterday, Stevie, about the the interview and the press conference with Neil Lennon. And I've pointed them out. It would be interesting to hear your thoughts on this. Now, Neil Lennon was talking about the fact that uh, we've been giving away unnecessary penalties in games that we've drawn. So the games that were highlighted was Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, and, of course, the Hibs game, right? And then he reckoned the performance against Hibs was uh, quite good overall. But he made a comment, and it was around... If the draws had been wins, we'd have been in a better position. I think at that point you're clutching at straws because you're in a situation where we could go through every single season where we've had a head-to-head and there's been some very, very close head-to-heads with um, Rangers uh, and any other guises, but there has been some very, very close head-to-heads. You could have gone back, Stevie, and said, you know, that penalty that was missed, that point that was dropped. Now, there's no footnote there's no caveat to a loss. There is no footnote to losing a title. Nobody remembers the penalty that shouldn't have been given. You know, the, the glaring miss that someone missed in the last minute of a game. A point dropped at Dens Park. A goal. You know, no one remembers that. So I think you're clutching at straws at that point, whereby you're looking at what if that draw had been a win. Because Tom, Tom we got the rest of them. For the season, brilliant season, brilliant player. Didn't he win anything? No. You know, Tommy could have probably highlighted that my disappointment with some of the things that have been said this last week, and I say even with Tommy yesterday, that if our strategy to win 10 in a row is a Rangers to hit a blip, dearie me, I don't think we have a strategy. And that's what we all seem to be pinning our hopes on. But they've still hit good for them, they've still hit a blip. What if they don't? What are we going to do to combat that? Right now, I don't see the strategy to combat it. You know, yesterday, Neil's gone for four, a quadruple treble. No, Neil's no going for a quadruple treble with the best intentions. Celtic Football Club's gone for it. No, yeah. Neil. And with the things he's went through, here's a wee question, and your viewers, I hope they get involved in this. See if somebody from English Premier League came and offered Neil a job tomorrow. Do you think he'd be in your dugout on Sunday? That's an interesting point, Stephen. You know, faithful through and through. He wouldn't be faithful through and through if somebody fucking threw big money. I'm sorry for swearing. Well... Let's look at the first tenure and how that ended. Um, obviously, since 2012, with the, the victory against Barcelona and the domestic success, I think maybe Neil Lennon was looking at his own stock and, and how that had risen. He's looking down south, Steve. He's looking at... I mean, at that point, I couldn't see Neil Lennon managing in the Scottish game outside of Celtic Park. We know what happened later. But the club that he ended up going to was Bolton Wanderers. So he left us for English football. Brendan Rodgers left us for English football. And as you say, let's say Brendan Rodgers gets only going to Solskjaer's job at Manchester United and there's a Leicester vacancy. I don't think Leicester um, would consider Neil Lennon, personally. But let's say they did offer him a job. You're right. So we've got to look after Celtic. It's not about an individual. We've got to look after Celtic's best interests. I think it would be great, you know, see the sentiment for, for Neil Lennon. I thoroughly enjoyed people sticking up for him. I thoroughly enjoy it. But see if you take the emotional thing away from it. Neil Lennon's a Celtic manager and very well recompensed to be that manager. So take away all the the previous horrible things to do, but just solely on a football matter. 
would he be the best candidate to be Celtic manager at this period in time? I personally don't think he would be. Now, he's there, he'll get my 100% backing until he's no longer there. But I would have thought that Celtic would have been able to attract somebody as a better manager than Neil Lennon. Well, if that uh, day comes, Stevie, and I think the message that's been coming out of the club is that we're all together. You, you've, heard, you've heard Scott Brown using that. It's almost a mantra, but I've heard Callum McGregor using it. We're all together. The point I try to make, and listen, the guy's part of history, so if you're using an example, and Brendan Rodgers comes into that example, that's because he was here. Um, but he spoke about um, he spoke about the, the Holy Trinity and the third part of that trinity was the fans um, so I don't think the fans are in part of that we're all together group at this moment in time and and do they think that well that's less important because you're not actually in the stadium I don't know because the, the board have they given Neil Lennon a vote of confidence and then you've got the coaching and management staff then you've got the players but the fans for me they're split, they're divided. Now, I said after the Aberdeen game, I felt it was maybe 60-40 in favour of Neil Lennon, you know, staying at the, at, at the helm. I think that's turned dramatically, dramatically, um, after the last few results. So, for me, this altogether message, again, it seems almost contrived. Well, that, that's a club-wide statement, and it? You know, if you speak to anybody at the club, you know that's the, the mantra they're giving you. We're all in it together. I don't think that the, the banner the other day with the Green Brigade will have one bit of influence over Dermot Desmond or Peter Law or the board. But I do think that they will be looking at options, you know, if anything untoward happens to Neil or he, he finally admits he, he, he can't take it forward. You know, and he's not alone. The guy Gary Holt quit Livingston this morning yes. because he can't take him any further. You know, so sometimes something's just beyond you, you know, I listened to Neil yesterday and he obviously thinks he's got the capabilities and the people around about him to change it. Up to now, I haven't seen it. After 20 games that we've played this season, I don't think we've got a settled 11. I don't, we don't seem to have a system of play. We don't seem to have a strategy of play. And a lot of it just seems to be off the cuff. Mm -hmm. Well, the play the same team as uh, the one that lined up against Motherwell because Neil Lennon thought that was a good performance. You know, I, I see flaws in that kind of look, outlook on, on how to select your team. I see flaws in that, Stevie. You're going to Easter Road, it's a different beast. They needed that result. Didn't surprise me that when you're playing one up front, the likes of Hanlon and Porches, you know, they could mop that up all day. So you've got to approach that differently. So what we try to do is we try to get even people who uh, work in football, people who work in management and, and deal with tactics and shape and all this, to have a look at that and tell us what their thoughts are on it. So I've been doing that during the week as well. And I, I firmly believe that the mistake, the first mistake against Hibs was made in the team selection. Second mistake was the fact that we didn't make any changes at half-time. And then th third and fourth mistakes were the failure to react immediately after the goals. So it's all right to say you had a great 20 minutes, Stevie. But I ask the question again, what's the best 90 minutes we've had this season? I don't think you've had the best 90. Struggling. You see, one of the things that disappointed me the other day, you know, and I understand that the love in this studio, you know, on a daily basis for Lee Griffiths. Lee Griffiths has let us down so badly. You know, with three minutes to go on Saturday, we get a free kick about just inside their half. 
and Lee Griffiths takes it and it gets headed back out. Carl McGregor takes it and passes it. And I'm thinking, never shot me, man. And he tries to do a one-two, and they nearly score. You know, if Neil Lennon's the... Oh, no, sorry. If Lee Griffiths is the predator that the guy's in here, we can't deal with him. He's got to have a shot at that time. You know, I, I really think Lee Griffiths has let Celtic down. I think he's a fantastic player. He's a nice lad. But he needs to make himself available all the time, Paul. Mm-hmm. I know he's out there now and they're saying it's a knee injury. That's unfortunate. There's nothing you can do about it. But we need a fit Lee Griffiths. No romantic notion of Lee Griffiths. And if you're not fit by November, Stevie, again, what's happening? Where's that breaking down? Is it the player? Is it the regime? How, by November, can any player that you know hasn't got a serious injury, injury not be fit? Well, you go way back, you know, to when Brendan came in. <laughs> he wasn't allowed to train with the first team either, was he? Mm. You know, so so there's been a problem for that length of time. And the only person who can get Lee Griffiths fit is Lee Griffiths. You know, you, you can only apportion blame to that. But that's a big factor, that when he, he did come back last year and the partnership with Eddie, it was outstanding. But only because Lee Griffiths was fit and ready to play. Mm-hmm. He's no fit and ready to play. So that partnership effectively doesn't work for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And again, it comes on for the 20 minutes. You get an, an insight into what could be in terms of a, a striking partnership, but it is only for 20 minutes. And that's frustrating to watch as well. I've already given my team, actually, Stevie, uh, for tonight, uh, the team that I would pick. It's probably slightly different from yourself, but I, I would start with Yeti and Eduard up front. I, I, I think it's... If the rest of the guys are fit, I would have Barkas, a back three of Julien, Duffy, Ayer, El Hamid, Laxalt, Encham, McGregor, and Christie, Ayeti, and Edward. That would, be, that would be my team. Do you think there's going to be changes such as that? Because I mean, there's changes to shape, changes to personnel on that side, Stevie. It's actually quite an interesting look to the team. Um, do you think Lenny's going to make these changes? Well, I, I don't think Neil Lennon would make the changes. Mm. That's the changes I made. Because if you don't change it and you keep doing the same thing and hoping it's going to change, you'll get what we've had. Yeah. A good performance, a bad performance. Three bad performances, two good performances. You're going to be inconsistent. So you need to change it where we have basically our best of living that we know and we want to if it's an injury or a suspension but we've got nine out of the 11. The new one, we've got seven, four changes every week, or just playing it because it's a lazy team selection, I don't think works for Celtic. No, absolutely not. One of the things that I've discussed quite a bit on the podcast, Stevie, is around the comments made by Neil Lennon where he said that there had to be a culture change at the club. Um, a few of the, the comments coming through, one on Facebook, it's all spin. Talking is done on the park. We haven't been doing it on the park. And James Downey says, performance improve. Uh, in training and on the park is different gravy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Neil Lennon's seen something behind the scenes, Stevie, and he believes that the atmosphere's changed, again, even that isn't... Atmosphere's not culture. Culture's all about behaviours um, and how people behave and how people act and the, and the attitude uh, of a, a group of people within any company, any business, any football club. And that creates a culture, and if it's a good culture, then there's a good atmosphere. That's that's a product of a good culture. It certainly isn't part of a good culture. So Neil Lennon's telling us there's a good atmosphere behind the scenes. He also says, when asked about the culture in the, the press conference yesterday, 
he started speaking about performances. Again, performances are a byproduct of having that good culture that can uh, improve the atmosphere uh, and improve the motivation of players, and that then can be seen in the actual playing uh, on the field. I've not seen that. I've not seen the performances improve. Well, the, the one that puzzles me, and I'm absolutely gobsmacked, you know, when I, when I listen, is Scott Bain, our third choice goalie this year, his attitudes improved. Mm-hmm. His attitude's improved. He's the bit of door of his attitude's that bad that he can't be considered for a game. Now, now we're all happy we've done a cracking interview. He's improved his training regime and he's trying harder. He's plays for Celtic. Yep. Well, no, for me, there's something got to change. And if that's your third choice goalie with that attitude, what likes your superstars? Well, you look at uh, case in point being Edward. It's almost as if his season hasn't started yet. Yep. That's how I feel. I know that he's had a few important goals and. Um, in Europe you know he's, he's picked up a few goals but I just don't think he, it's been a very stop start season for him and others Stevie uh, and it's now time because we've heard the talk and it's been ongoing and ongoing we've heard the talk we're all together everybody's happy we need to see the performances we need to see the results how do you see it going tonight? I think it'll be a very difficult game I, I wasn't overly impressed by them in the, the first game but they ended up beating us comfortably but I thought we disintegrated that's why I'd like to say we put me a solid, you know, backbone to our team, where we're not maybe going to be as easily exposed. And the wing backs, I would be advising to stay a wee bit further back, you know, no joining as two wingers, because I think it's important that we put in a, a solid performance rather than a scintillating performance, and we show that we can adapt to different circumstances. I, I wouldn't like to go. And again, it's 53 years to the day you beat Benfica again at the quarterfinals European Cup, and now I've been told by everybody Europe doesn't really matter. I, I, I'm, I'm sad that that's the way we think. I'm absolutely sad. I, I would like to be able to think that we could go over there and beat them. I don't think they're that great. The thing it saddens me as well that anyone has that attitude now. I know that there's a focus uh, on what's happened domestically, Stevie, with 10 in a row with a quadruple treble. I totally get that. But I don't think a club like Celtic can ever look at European football as something that's getting in the way I don't think we can do that and you think back listen people might think oh you're on a traditionalist or uh, you know you're, you're looking back with green tinted specs and all this but you know we used to say Jock Steen said we don't play friendlies you know we used to play Liverpool Man United we don't play, play friendlies we certainly don't allow European games to turn into dead robbers I mean is it likely that we're going to qualify in the Europa League no, it's very unlikely because we've had three poor uh, results. One half-decent performance for 60 minutes. However, it doesn't mean to say you go to Sparta Prague and, and just basically wave the white flag. Uh, and again, it comes into momentum as well, Stevie, doesn't it? I mean, if we want to get a good uh, performance against Ross County, let's start looking at who is our best partnership at the back. Let's get you an understanding with the goalkeeper because that's been an issue. You, you've got Encham in your team tonight. Let's have a look at how do the, the team line up if Brown doesn't play? How do you manage to fit two strikers up front? All these things can be developed in the European games for if you're looking at the Ross County game as being more important or a domestic game, then that's fine. But you just don't chop and change because that game doesn't matter. The only time I remember it in recent history was Cluj away. We'd qualified, we didn't take a strong side over. Guys like Griffiths, even Craig Gordon, Sinclair, these guys were getting a game. Um, you know, Dembele made his European debut that night. That was, that was different. 
uh, we need to get a bit of momentum going and we need to start that tonight. Otherwise, you and I will continue to have this conversation week on week on week. I just think that we need to get our standards set higher and that means turning up and being able to play. God, how do you say this? I would rather we were doing well in Europe than win a League Cup. The title's important, but I think we're standing in Europe. If we win a quadruple treble, then I'm more than happy with that. More than happy with that. But I would like to see us being able to compete. I understand we're not at the level where we can compete with PSG, Bayern Munich, but I certainly think we should be able to compete with Prague. You know, and the group we're in, I thought we would have been able to do quite well in that if we would have been playing to our maximum potential. I think so now. On Facebook, um, there's been a, a discussion over the last wee while about Callum McGregor's performances, Steve, and whether or not he's being used and utilised in the, in the right area of the pitch. Uh, and on Facebook, you would have Callum McGregor at number 10 with Beaton in his place. What's been your thoughts on McGregor this season? I mean, he's normally one of the most influential players we can uh, look to. I think he looks as if he, he does not get a, a position. I think he looks out of position, which I'm really, really gobsmacked because I think he's a tremendous young player. I've seen guys running by him outside him, running by him inside. He's not getting a tackle on. I, I think there's a, a problem with, with Callum McGregor and where he's been asked to play. Has he been asked to cover for somebody else too much? Or has he not been? Is he been restricted in what he can do? When he's allowed to play, he's a fantastic young footballer. Now, the DJ of choice who joins us on a regular basis via YouTube, Stevie, has given us his starting lineup. His predicted lineup is Barkas, Alhamid, Ayer, Julian, Laxalt, Frimpong, Brown, McGregor, Christie, Ayeti, and Eduard. So people are looking to change the shape. Uh, obviously, bringing two strikers but Julien he's back he walks right into that team is there a risk there it's been quite a, a serious back injury that he's suffered from I think he would need to go with the medical team Paul you know that they have assessed everything and put him in you know having done all the checks on him if you play football you've always got a risk of injury but I think if they've given him a clean bill of health I, I think he should start now Stevie McGonagall is asking Paul well he starts off by saying Paul great show last night with Tommy you had me going. Um, should play that show to the players. Has Tommy changed your thoughts? No, he hasn't, Stephen. He's not changed my thoughts because what I'm seeing in front of me is a team that um, there are too many players in that side whose performances would appear to have regressed from last season, Stevie. I'm seeing a team that has six brand new players in um, whereby they're all, they all have international um, caps under their belt. Uh, obviously with Turnbull being an under 21 three of them come from the EPL you know one of them is one of the most promising footballers in Scotland you know one of them is coming from AC Milan he's a Uruguayan star another one is a Greek internationalist who obviously played for Ike Athens when they knocked us out and I'm looking at these six players and I don't see how they've improved the team that's a concern the regression of the, the players is a concern uh, Neil Lennon's inability to react to adversity continually is a concern and all the comments about culture change or people agitating to move um, or players being lazy for me that's not been resolved Stevie so I appreciated uh, Tommy Sheridan's time yesterday as you know I, I respect his politics Stevie because I think we're 
you know, we're singing from the same uh, hymn sheet when it comes to that, um, due to our backgrounds, I would guess. But no, I don't dis- disagree. Uh, I don't disagree with my previous points, and Tommy hasn't made me change my mind. We go back to 2012. Neil Lennon's a caretaker manager of Celtic. We get beat with Ross County in the semi final. Neil Lennon's comments after the game the players are lazy and lack hunger. Fast forward eight years, we're still blaming the players when we get a bad defeat. Mm-hmm. You know, something's got to change. So if you look at the, the, the main guys at Celtic, Peter Law, right? So this is for your, your viewers, hit or a miss. A Celtic supporter, now 61 years of age, was first employed as financial controller from 1990 to 1991 under Chief Executive Terry Cassidy. In September 2003, returned as Chief Executive. Since 2003, he's won 13 titles in 17 years under his stewardship. Eight Scottish Cup with the finals that will be played on the 20th of December. Seven League Cups. His, the managers that he's appointed have been Ronnie Dahlia, Neil Lennon, first time around, and Tony Mowbray. Continuously runs the club as a business and a successful one. Great record on the brink of a quadruple treble. Unprecedented success. Bad managerial appointments. Is Peter Lawler hit or a miss? Bad managerial performances and appointments. Is he a miss? A lot of the success has been down to appointments by probably other more influential people, Stevie. I think over the pieces, he's, you've got to look at Lawler as being a success at Celtic. Well, if you over go with the, the, the other guy, the other guy is He's the main man at Celtic, a Celtic supporter who from 70 years of age from County Cork. He appointed Martin O'Neill when the people within Celtic thought we were going to appoint Gus Hiddink. He appointed Gordon Strachan. He appointed Brendan Rogers. He appointed Neil Lennon second time. So three Irishmen out of four appointments. Is he a hit or a miss? Oh, well, you look at the managerial <laughs> performances, um, that's a hit all day long. You know, so they're the men who are running the club and who are making the big decisions. I think, overall, I think they've done very well in their roles at the club. I've continuously here, and even a wee bit yesterday again, you know, if things are good, Neil's great, if things are bad, it's Peter. You know, the good signings, they're Neil's, the bad signings, the the coaching staff or the mm. scouting system. Mm-hmm. You know, so but we can't always just blame everybody else. And I think there's people within the club play great roles and they deserve a bit of credit for the success we've had. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know when things are going um, awry, as they seem to be at the moment, Stevie, uh, back in the day, the, the old sack the board days, um, a lot of the managers got off lately uh, during the times, it's got to be said. I mean, how Liam Brady managed two and a half seasons at the helm, I will never know. But it's all focused on Neil Lennon. Um, there's there's other issues at play here as well. I, I, I think Neil, they say I, I like him. I would wish he was doing better. But Billy McNeil, Tommy Burns were sacked by Celtic. You know, because you're Neil Lennon and you've got the additional pressures that he'd had because of where he came from and his buff place. I don't think you should, you should get a free hit in that. I think you need to take the emotional away from that. Mm. And if something's not going right, and we're not having a witch hunt, but I think you should be allowed to criticise somebody and You've not be accused to. of, ah, you're no faithful through and through. I was at every Celtic game. 
when Rangers won nine in a row. So don't tell me about faithful through and through, because we suffered some horrific times. And I don't want all back in the 90s, like that stuff. That's the reality. Yep. That's the reality. We didn't get everything that was our own way. And sometimes it was hard to make the sacrifices to go, because Neil Lennon gave up a fortnight to be taken to Celtic manager. Guys of my age and ilk gave up marriages, gave up houses, gave up jobs. You know, so we, we made a wee bit of sacrifice along the way as well. Great point. And, you know, when I'm looking at some of the comments that are being made about, it's almost as if there's a disdain to anyone who makes a point, be that a blogger or a vlogger or a podcaster, uh, because it's almost as if we're armchair fans, Stevie. You know, th- this is almost the view. What do you know? You're an armchair fan. Well, the only reason we're armchair fans at the moment is because we've got no choice. But the investment in Celtic Football Club by people like yourself and others who are part of the Axon team cannot be questioned. The investment and the commitment cannot be questioned. But because we're doing it on a digital um, or virtual platform, does that mean that our views can't be taken into consideration? I think they've got to be taken into consideration. I see, because this is my opinion doesn't mean I'm constantly right. But on the other side, because somebody's a wee bit more vocal and talks a wee, maybe a wee bit better than me, doesn't mean they're right. It's only our opinion. But I don't think you can question somebody because you can have the best Celtic fan in the world who's going through really serious financial implications and can't turn up at a game. That doesn't mean he's any less a fan than somebody that's going through the investor section. No. You know, that somebody could be lying in hospital, ill, who can't get to the game, and all their thoughts on is what's the score with Celtic. You know, they're waking up and asking their nurse or their doctor, you know, there could be serious medical conditions. Don't question that they're Celtic fans. You know, just because you can't go and shout and ball doesn't mean you're, a, you're not a Celtic fan. Everybody should be treated with the same respect and their opinion should be respected. Absolutely. I mean, obviously what has happened is Tommy, Tommy's a big supporter of Neil Lennon and we've seen some other big supporters coming out in the media. Yeah. Um, and one of the most obvious ones is Chris Sutton. Now, you know my thoughts on Chris Sutton. I've got huge respect for him, right? But I feel that when you're looking at some of the comments he's making at the moment about crowd or fan reaction to, to Neil Lennon, and then you look at some of his comments about Ronnie Dyler, um, you know, around about him getting a sack or not lasting the night and all this kind of stuff. Bit of contradiction there, Stevie. You've got to be impartial with your Chris Sutton. Your friendship's never going to waver and you stand by your friends. I, I totally understand that. But I think if you're going to do it as a journalist, you need to be as impartial as you can and base it on what you're actually seeing or what you're hearing. Chris Sutton would know everything that's happened at Lennox Town and at Celtic. I think Tommy would have great information. I think some of the comments he made yesterday had probably been fed to him to, to make. So that's some of the inside information. But if you're making a balanced argument or you want a balanced debate, then you need to listen to the other guy mm-hmm. and not just be clouded by your friendship and loyalty. Standing by him, as I say, Tommy was very eloquent yesterday when he was saying, you know who your friends are in hard times. But I think you need to take the emotion away for being the Celtic manager. Yeah. Well, that, that's a big thing. I mean, if we approached this situation, Steve, even from a Celtic state of mind and said, well, we don't want to upset the club or we don't want to upset Neil Lennon, uh, just in case, you know, we don't have an opportunity in the future, whatever that opportunity may be, to perhaps speak to these people or get access to the club, which we don't have and we've never had. So if we approached it from that angle, then we have an agenda because the narrative isn't an honest narrative. 
Whereas we have no agenda. We the only agenda we we could possibly be accused of having is one that sees Celtic being successful. That's all we want. That, that, that's why I'm more than happy to come through here, Paul. You know, and speak to your viewers whether they like what I say or whether they don't, because I can only give my opinion. I don't need anything, any individual at Celtic Park. I don't need to go to them to get anything. So these opinions are math truthful opinions. You know, as I say, and some of your viewers will agree, some will disagree, but at least in mind, because I'm not trying to curry favour with anybody. I don't need a ball. I don't need somebody to come and do an interview with me. This is what I do because I enjoy doing it. Exactly. And it's genuine. Genuine. Absolutely genuine. Now, Gigi, welcome back. And your comment on YouTube. For anyone who hasn't already subscribed, please continue uh, to watch and subscribe on YouTube. Um, as I was saying before, we've got 24 hours of live broadcasting to, to get through in December, Stevie. I'll come back and talk to you in a wee minute about that. Gigi says, Lennon struggles with the basics, starting team selection and ability to react when it's not working. Add to that his touchline demeanour, no one wonder fans are reacting. Now, I think that's an interesting choice of words because earlier on we were talking about um, there's a panic, uh, there's hysteria. And I accepted that there's a bit of panic. Maybe that was the wrong word. There's a reaction. There's definitely a reaction. And I don't think they could expect any less than a reaction, Stevie. But if you're waking up as a, a man of my age during the night and Celtics get through your head because it's not right, then there's something wrong at Celtic that's making you feel like that. Mm-hmm. It would be the greatest thing in the world for me and you to sit here one six nothing at the weekend it's absolutely brilliant uh, my heart went out to you and Kevin at the weekend you know trying to make a show trying to be honest when you're feeling that disappointment he's done it with the European game and hats off these because it's hard hard to do that and keep talking and performing at the level you're doing in a studio when things are not going well it's a real real challenge it is a challenge Stevie but you know, then what happens is the video gets used and turned into a meme, which is always quite funny, because um, I'm normally in them, even <laughs> though I'm not saying much, and the meme ends up in the Daily Record, which obviously wasn't my intention yesterday. Uh, Paul Cockwell's a Hibs fan, he does come on and speak sense, and that's why he's always welcome. Um, hi guys, I'm a Hibs fan, you got to start, you've got to start getting a grip, I can't handle Rangers winning the league, keeps me awake at night, come on Celtic, start clicking. This thing, it the reason I brought that up, start clicking. There was a belief when I was watching the games, probably leading up to the Rangers game, that it would click. We've got the personnel, Stevie. We've got the manager who's been through this before. This is just going to click. And it's not. It's just not clicked. Now, we speak about the Lille um, game, the 2-2 game. 60 minutes. We looked like a different beast that night. A different animal entirely. 20 minutes against Hibs and you could go on like that couldn't you 45 minutes against Motherwell earlier in the season when we beat them at home but we're just not getting that that it's not clicking now there's a spark missing Paul yeah even in the effort of the players now that's a bad accusation to make against players that they're not trying but they're certainly not giving 100% in every game for every minute they're on the park The, the bit that really disappointed me at the weekend Apart from the naivety of Scott Brown's challenge to give away the penalty when he was played like a kid, his demeanour when the penalty was awarded that just didn't sit well with me. You know, that smirk and the shoulders going back as if, so what? That, 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 that really disappoints me. Well, you know what happens against TV? You have an opinion on maybe demeanour. 
because we've spoken about the body language Neil Lennon this season all of a sudden people say oh you're an expert in body language you know there's some things that are just instinctive and you just know because we're all reading body language every single day every conversation you make every person you meet every relationship you have you're constantly looking at demeanour and body language even if you don't know you're doing it and there's been a change there has been a change isn't there and um, the the touchline there's been a change in Scott Brown and you're looking at that interview yesterday we're all together but what we're seeing on the park doesn't tell us that so you're absolutely spawn I thought Scott sort of started using the traits again when we played Motherwell you know a bit of the swagger you know misplaced passes but just go on with you know try to use his body strength against these young guys they're all as strong as Scott Brown they're every bit as fit and they're younger Mm -hmm. so swagger's great but you need to provide at the end of the swagger the swagger's not enough on its own there was a few occasions against Motherwell where the ball just you know it went astray I said against Hibs a lot of what Scott Brown done he could have been missed out the, the, the ball could have just been missed out from Brown and gone to the, the second player. I think he's become a bit of a passenger, Stevie. But if you're playing that role that he's been asked to play, it's really to prevent the ball getting fed into the forwards. He's never in that position to do that. I watched him at Murrowell, the game Tommy was talking about last year. I was in the front row at Celtic end, and Scott Brown was absolutely magnificent that game, the amount of interceptions. The rugby park game that everybody talks about sort of turn the season, mm. the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Now he's out of position, so he's no able to make the intercession. Don't mean the, everything that would have his knee, he was just perfectly positioned. He's not doing that just now. He's not currently employing himself for the best of his ability. Now, Dub on uh, YouTube, is that the guy for St. Rocks on? Gonna take Duffy? <laughs> Sorry, we've got a centre half. <laughs> no, I, I, I think Shane Duffy will be able to, to play. You know, he's, he's certainly going through a hard time. No carrying a can from him. He's looked really, really out of sorts. But I don't think you you would have the career you could if he's shown how bad he is for us. He's got even more than that. You know, the situation with Duffy, I mean, he came on against Hibs. I thought he would have started against Hibs. I really did. Um, I think it's time that, you know, there's no way we can have a massive clear out in January, that's a huge risk, Stevie. Um, so what we've got, we either build on it or we utilise it, or a bit of both, right? And you look at Duffy and you think, well, you know, the money he's on, the dream move, he was the messiah when he came in. Because at that point, Julian and I weren't good enough. All of a sudden, they're good enough. I think it's time we've got to get or try and work Duffy and Barkas back into this team and back into the starting lineup. If they're no, Paul, then I think we need to cut our losses with both of them in January or as quick as we can. You know, if I, I don't know the details of Duffy's loan move, but see if he's not going to be able to play for us, cut it shortly now. You know, and I watched Nottingham Forest the other night and the big guy McKenna. He's let a guy make a blindside run, so we've no missed the boat there either. No. You know, so we either need to utilise the guys at our disposal or we need to have a forward plan that we're ready just to hit the ground running. People have said to me over the last few days, next run, great up. I'm not confident that we would win all these easy games in that run because we've not been performing well enough. Currency, previous seasons, definitely, mm-hmm. but not now. I've seen on uh, Sky Sports during the week there that Tony Mowbray outfoxed Alex Neil. <laughs> all right, I'll just leave that there. Um, Helen McCallum, Chris Sutton is brilliant. Listen, I agree with you. I, I have a lot of respect for Chris Sutton as a pundit. I just think that his view is skewed when it comes to 
to Neil Lennon because they've got a friendship. Liam Kelly comes in to, to note Ronnie Dyla wasn't a club legend and only got the job because Rangers weren't in the league. But Sutton has been hypocritical and loves attention and it's working. Um, I hope he never turns into a shock jock because I always felt Sutton made a point and then backed it up. But, but he's there in, in a new role. It'll never take away the performances he had for Celtic. I think he... Like Celtic, a lot of times he says great things, interesting things, keeps himself in the news. But he's really allowing his friendships to dictate a lot of his comments just now. You know, and as I say, it's great that you have that loyalty to your friends. But if you're trying to be an impartial journalist, then you need to be able to speak about what's in front of you, Mm -hmm. not just what you hope to happen. You know, again, there are one Peter Martin the other day, Celtic should go and sign Aidan McGeady. I would love to know that? when Peter Martin last seen Aidan McGeady play. Aidan wow. McGeady's now 34 years of age. He's training with Sunderland 23s. So everybody has got an agenda to throw these things out and try and create a bit of interest. Chris Sutton, he certainly knows as bad as what Peter is, but he does say some of these things to attract attention. Now, Martin Dunn uh, reckons that Lennon is the motivator. Kennedy's the stats guy, Strachan... God knows. Uh, we need experienced coaches ASAP. Now, um, I think it was Kevin Graham that maybe got me thinking the other day when he mentioned that, uh, because I, I've not been enthused with a lot of the names that have been flying about. Um, it's disrespectful again also to talk about somebody's job when I've still got it. Uh, but they were talking about Martin O'Neill. We've been hearing about Gordon Strachan. Um, I think it comes down more to the coaching. Stevie, I really do. I think it comes down to the coaches now um, at this stage of the game. I mean, we've spoken previously about Neil Lennon being assisted by someone else coming in to assist him. Do you think the board would consider that? If they... And it, and it looks as if Celtic are going to stick with Neil Lennon now, so I hope he turns it round. I think they should allow him to bring in a brand new coach with fresh ideas. And if it's at the expense of one of these two guys or alongside them, but something needs to change, who would Neil... Want to choose? He can't go back to the guys he had previously. That that's a no no. We need to get a, somebody fresh. Sean, somebody Mal- Sean Maloney as a coach. Would Sean want to work with Neil? That, that, that that's another thing you would need to overcome. You know what is he going to be allowed to do? Is he going to sort of step in toes? And Kennedy's unhappy. So if you've not got player unrest, you've got coaches unrest. You know, we, if we're all in this together. It's got to be an appointment that's made by Neil with the back and his coaching staff that they're happy for this guy to come in. You know, does he does he look like a, an isolated figure at times to you? And I, you know, I'm waiting for everybody to say that's because of you know COVID and all that. But it doesn't look like a unit, Stevie. It doesn't look like a unit. You know, his coaching team look fragmented. They look like a group of individuals. And I'm looking at right the the best case scenario is everything starts working, but I can't see it. We speak to someone like Tommy yesterday for an hour and I still don't have anything at all that's going to change my mind. Neil Lennon gets interviewed and he's talking about they're good enough, the consistency will come. I don't see it. I've seen absolutely nothing to suggest that this is going to be turned around. And this is why you're looking at all possible variations. Does Neil Lennon go? Do you bring in a full squad uh, coaches, a a completely different team? Uh, Do you bring someone in to help Neil Lennon? I, I think the status quo is the worst option of all of the above. I think if Neil Lennon was to go, I think everybody has to go with him. That's a, a pretty good point you made there, Paul. Excuse me. 
that I certainly hadn't considered, you know, that you bring in another coach currently, you know, to work alongside them. Mm-hmm. That might be the spark, but it would have to be a real top-level coach. I don't think you could make another appointment like the two guys who are currently there, you know, I think John Kennedy has maybe ran his course at Celtic and I've got no knowledge of the other guy, what he does. Every time it pans to the side of the park, and I know that'll not be the only thing he does, he's looking at his iPad or his wee computer screen, whatever it is he's using, you know, to try and get some data or stats. Sometimes you, you need to just be a wee bit more proactive in that. John Kennedy, done very well for Celtic, been involved with a lot of managers, the last few times when he's shaking his head about substitutions, when they know a couple of weeks ago, they don't actually know who they've decided to take off. That's amateur half hour for me. Mm, I know. I know it, it was fairly embarrassing, Stevie. We've seen a tremendous hour against Lille. I keep saying that, that performance, that result's going to improve with age because Lille are doing so well this season. Will we see it again tonight? Well, we, we sat here and watched it, Paul, and we were able to point out to each other while the game's going on. It's like a, a draft board. Yep. You're there, somebody's in that gap. You're mm-hmm. there, somebody's in the They were the moving in, in almost in grids. <clears throat> it was two great fours. Yep. And you're one and one. It was absolutely perfect. We should be able to do that on a regular basis with the personnel. We've sat here numerous occasions through the 28 first-team players, mm-hmm. and I think we've got a magnificent squad. Now, people, again, it's usually when they're making excuses, but he wanted this position, Phil. He wanted that position. He's got what he's got, and I think we're pretty well covered in most positions. <coughs> Excuse me. And we should be able to really kick on and make a concerted effort. Could you give us a prediction for tonight, Stevie? I think it's going to be more likely to be one each. One each this evening? Yeah. Better performance, do you reckon? Again, I'm no privy to Neil's thoughts, but if he sets up in a more defensive manner, which he's certainly capable of doing, then I think we give ourselves a basis to perform. If we think we're going to attack and you've got Frimpong and Laxalt bombing up and leaving the two guys at the back with no defensive cover, then the roof could cave in again. So I would like to see him, but we're in a difficult situation. Let's build and firm foundations. Mm-hmm. Now, Stevie, one last reminder to everybody who's tuning in. We are running a quadruple treble charity weekend. I've been sharing uh, on social media and on the WhatsApp group. All the different uh, podcasters and all the different groups are getting involved in that, Stevie. Two 12-hour broadcasts. St. Rock's going to be part of it. Looking forward to the, the quadruple treble weekender. Um, absolutely. I think it's a magnificent thing that you're doing, Paul. You and the guys for a Celtic state of mind, a state of mind to provide this avenue for people to go and help vulnerable people and disadvantaged people at Christmas. I think it's an absolute testament to you and God bless you for doing it. It's great that you're involved as well, Stevie. I've just got to thank you once again for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. Pleasure, Paul. Thank you.
Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.